Hey everybody, it's Monday, July 23rd, and I'm Josh Boykin, the founder of Intelligame.us. You're listening to another edition of Intelligame Radio. Hey, it's Monday, folks, and I hope the beginning of this new week is treating you well. I hope that you were able to get in some good gaming over the weekend, and I hope you have some things to look forward to this week. A couple of weeks ago, I went to Game Devs of Color Expo out in New York City. It's a smaller curated event run by Brooklyn Gamery, and it's a really awesome opportunity to not only meet a lot of other people of color in the gaming industry in general, but to play games and listen to talks that are specifically created by people of color. Last year, when I attended the show, I spent pretty much all of my time listening to talks, which was really awesome, but I didn't spend as much time as I wanted to playing games. This year, I ended up on the flip side of the coin. I spent virtually all of my time on the show floor checking out new games. Now, luckily, the talks are available on the Game Devs of Color YouTube channel, and I'll make sure that that link is posted in our episode description. But in the meantime, I did manage to go and conduct some interviews with developers who brought their games to the show. Now, most of these interviews are conducted on the show floor, so there's going to be a bit of background noise. I apologize for that. But I still think there are some really great discussions that I hope you'll find that you get a lot out of. So today and Wednesday, I'm going to be setting you up with a few interviews to listen to from Game Devs of Color Expo. I encourage you to check out these particular games, to check out the developers themselves because they're really awesome people, and also to just keep up in general with Game Devs of Color Expo. There's a list of all the games that were at the show on the Game Devs of Color website, so I hope you take a look at that too. Anyway, enjoy these first couple interviews. I'll catch up with you afterwards. And introduce yourself for me. Uh, my name is Jamal Woods. I'm a, um, a, a rising sophomore from Rochester Institute of Technology. Very cool. So, like, what made you decide to get started on a Discord bot that would give you, like, the opportunity to do RPGs? Well, I first was, I've been using Discord to just chat with friends on games, and I saw a couple RPG bots that were pretty lackluster. All you did was, like, one command, and there were timers that kept you from playing, and there wasn't really any content or any creativity you could do in the game. It was just kind of like, you do this, and that's it. I wanted to expand upon that and give it a whole entire feel of like you're really playing an actual game while inside Discord. And adding the social features like PvP and co-op play allow it to be a more communal thing that you can do in servers. Okay, so wait, there's PvP and there's co-op? There's PvP and there's co-op. Oh, tell me about it. So the PvP works, um, as you play in, as you play against monsters, you'll actually start, you'll take damage and eventually you'll lose lives. What you can do is you can go up to PvP and earn a currency called Honor that allows you to buy more lives and continue your PvE play. Every weapon and item has its own sentence of of description to tell you a little bit about the world of the game. Also, there's certain names for resources. We don't use generic gold, we use monster cores. We also have chaos fragments and nexus shards. There's all types of crazy things that you can collect and use to power up what I call lost ones in the game. That's dope. That's exciting. All right, so when, and you said you're at .98, so you're not even at full release yet. We are not, no. I've been working on the game for about a year, but it's all, it's always been a work in progress. I've been taking suggestions, weapon suggestions, concept ideas, things like that. So it's slowly growing, but I'm feeling I'm coming to a point that I want to do 1.0 soon, so it's probably going to come out later this year after 0.9.9. Sweet. 
is this is this a bot that people can find right now? Yes, you can. You can you can actually just Google or search in your web browser Discord Duels. The first link will give you an invite link for your server. That's awesome. So, uh, how do people find you or your work online? So you can actually find me on LinkedIn. I'm Jamal Woods on LinkedIn. You can find me there. And you can also search me on Twitter. I'm there as well on Twitter as Jamal Woods or my gamer handle, darkspine 27 So yeah, that's where I'm at. And you can chat with me. If you actually add the bot to your server upon creating an account, an invite link to the official Discord server will be sent to you. So you can just join in and ask me any questions you have. Just chat with me and other players who play the game. I've had people playing for months at this time. So there's totally people who can help you get used to it because there's a lot of systems in the game. But... It's as you learn the game, you'll start having a blast playing. Yeah. yeah, that's really cool. Like I'm, this is going in the Intel game Discord server, <laughs> no doubt. So thank you so much for your time. Thank you so much for having. Thank you so much for playing, and I hope you enjoyed. Yeah. Yeah, it was a blast. <laughs> I'm here at Game Color Expo. Just finished playing Stress Express. I'm feeling pretty stressed right now. I'm here with the designer of the game. If you could tell the folks your name and what you do. So my name is Aim, and I just graduated from MFA Design and Technology, and I'm currently at the NYU Game Center Incubator, trying to market and bring Sources Press into like the world. Yeah. Cool. So tell me a little bit about, or I should say, tell the audience a little bit about how the game works and how you came up with it. So it's actually, um, it was inspired because of, I was in New York, and it, the fast pace just made me like super stressed out, and that's why I wanted to express somehow and like sh comment on it so I started making a game and yeah that was the start of this whole game and so it works and the goal of this game is to finish the most task cards and every player like starts with two hands and they increase the hands up as throughout the week to finish more and more tasks yeah and be the top employee of the week sure so there's a, a bit of a cycle that the game has. You pick up task cards. When you complete task cards, you gain money. But you also have the opportunity to try and do fun stuff. Fun stuff is also stressful, but gives you the opportunity to get power cards. How did you determine the sort of like life cycle in the game? So basically, I feel like um, right now, after we do work, we always like still try to distract ourselves with other more tasks. Like, we try to like do other things that we think that was fun, but it's really laborious as well. So I was like, yeah, I want to like capture that part that we're always doing the task all the time and doing like hardworking over like all the time. So yeah, that was like the, the whole idea of it. So uh, how do you feel like this pertains to, I don't know, say students who might be at a graduate program working on designing exactly this kind of thing? Do you feel like there is a bit of your experience from that that made its way into the game? Um, totally. So at the start of the, my thesis, I was just like really like burned out from all the work and like I was just always stressed out by like, you know, like how I just feel like I need to be productive and efficient all the time. And it's just like, I just feel like I cannot stay still. I just need to do something all the time. And that's like why I feel like, yeah, I just kept trying to capture that part in the game. What brought you here to Game Devs of Color Expo? So uh, I got introduced from the incubator to come here and present my, my game and it was yeah, it's an awesome experience trying to like find all these people to test the game and see how they feel about it. So if folks are looking for you or your work, where would they find it online? So I have uh, there's a website called stressexpress.company right now and there is Twitter on um, stressexpress underscore. Okay. Yeah, because yeah, obviously finding names on the internet is hard. Okay. 
Um, all right. Well, thank you so much for your time, and thanks for letting me play the game. Yeah, thank you so much. Hey, this is Josh here at Game Devs of Color Expo. I just finished playing Final Spike. Imagine like a little bit of Mario Tennis Aces, but with volleyball. Uh, it's a really interesting game. Uh, Sean, can you introduce yourself and some of your background? Yeah. Uh, hi, I'm Sean Heron. I am the primary developer of Final Spike. I am recently an MFA graduate from the NYU Game Center about a year ago and change, I think. Currently, I work with Urban Arts Partnerships School of Interactive Arts to teach high school students about game design, game development, a little bit of writing and computer programming using Unity and C Sharp. Wow, so you're all over the place. Yeah, kind of. <laughs> So tell me a little bit about the process of how you came up with Final Spike. Right. So um, when I was still doing my MFA at the Game Center, um, I was taking a class with Bennett Foddy, and he was running Prototype Studio. So basically every week we would come in, he'd give us a new prompt, and we'd have a week to work on a game kind of based on that prompt. So the last class I ever took with him for that particular subject was like, hey, I want you guys to make a game that could be licensed by the Olympics like an Olympic license game. So I'm like, normally I don't really like sports all that much. So I had to put a little thought into it and I decided, okay, if I'm going to make a video game about a sports game, it might as well be volleyball. And then that's kind of how that was sort of created. So I showed the first version of it at the end of year showcase that same year. And then I've been working on it for the year after that. That's great. So Final Spike feels a bit like a mashup of, as you described, a fighting game with volleyball. Uh, you have four characters that you can choose from, each of them have different stats, but when the ball comes into play, you have this sort of rhythm where you're trying to set up a serve so that you can like spike it down on the opponent and try to outthink what their strategy is. Right, yeah, for sure. Um, one of the things that, like I said before, that I was really aiming at with this game was that I wanted to capture a lot of the things that I like about the nuance of fighting games while deliberately sort of Reducing as much as I can, like a lot of the overhead in terms of like controls complexity as well as like UI complexity. Because even with like a standard fighting game, you have the life bar, you have the timer, you have your super meter stocks or whatever, if that's then, plus whatever unique other game mechanics may come in with certain games. And I was like, let me try to cut that down as much as possible. So like with Final Spike, the more you bounce the ball around, the more you kind of accrue this fatigue, but the fatigue itself is only visible when you're hitting the ball, and as it, once you don't have any, it kind of disappears and it sort of fades back. And a lot of the other um, UI elements in the game are deliberately diegetic. So like the scoreboards are part of the actual environment. The timer is part of the environment. I tried to aim for that as much as possible to sort of reduce the amount of like over, like overarching UI clutter so you could just mostly focus on the game more than anything else. That's great, that's great. So what do you see as the future for Final Spike? Um, so I'm releasing in fall of 2018 on HIO for PC and Mac. Maybe the dream at some point in the future is potentially DLC or barring that, maybe eventually a release on Switch. That would require a lot more like looking into like, you know, making sure that I'm up to their API standards on top of getting the dev kit. And that's been a little bit of a scramble right now, but like with the way that the game is formatted and with the way that I tried to set up the controls, it would be well suited, I think, to a Switch port. So the dream is, at some point, try to get it, maybe port it to the Switch so it's just there. Hopefully while kind of the zeitgeist is still with the whole idea of like portable gaming that isn't just mobile. Sure. Yeah, that's kind of that's kind of the dream. Cool. So if folks are looking for you or your work, wow, how would they find you online? Yeah, um, so you can follow me on Twitter, at um, Sean J.C. Heron, um, S-E-A-N, 
and then Heron, like the bird, H-E-R-O-N. Um, I mostly tweet a lot about Final Spike or the things I'm working about on or occasionally like music I like or other such things. Usually that's the best place to find me. Um, as for Instagram and other stuff, eh, working on it. But Twitter is kind of like your main point of contact for me if you need me. Cool. Well, thanks a lot for your time and thanks for letting me play your game. Yeah, thank you for playing and for the interview. I really appreciate it. I just finished playing The Last Stop. It's a point-and-click adventure game where you play as a guy named Kit who is learning about his heritage and past as he apparently misses The Last Stop on his train. Um, I'm here with the developers. If you could start by giving us your names and your roles on the project. Um, hi, I'm Joel. Um, I'm the uh, art director. I do the animation uh, character design, uh, basic art other than the backgrounds. I'm Amy, and I'm the programmer, and I do also did the backgrounds. So tell me a little bit about sort of the idea that came for you for The Last Stop. We were inspired by generally, like, cultural, like, narratives, like Spirit Away. Well, we were inspired by the aesthetic of Spirit Away, but our like main influence is, is this point and click adventure game called um, Detention, a Taiwanese uh, horror game. And from it, it inspired me and Joel like to explore like, like both our cultures, like Joel being Filipino and me being Chinese, basically to incorporate what we know into something relatable and also something educational for other players to learn. So tell me a little bit about Kit's backstory and seems to be a little, I don't know, a bit of a slacker. Uh, so Kit, he's, he's, a, he's a college student who just came back from a semester and uh, he recently had spent time with his California cousins and he's already tired and so the fact that um, his parents had asked him to go out with his uh, come along with his younger sister because he would rather want to stay home and sleep and what what have you and um, the fact that uh, so he's just basically this kid who's also kind of been indifferent about his family's cultures in a way because uh, it was just two different, two different cultures that he couldn't, re didn't re know what to relate to. So therefore, he just felt indifferent entirely. Um, he'll learn about his culture, and this is my, th these are my cultures, and I respect them. So you said that both of you have different cultures, different backgrounds that you're bringing to the game. What made you decide to take on integrating them? You know, integrating them in this manner. Originally, it was like one character from one background. Like, Kit was originally, originally supposed to be like from one background, but then after we worked together, it was harder to incorporate like when only one person is like only like giving you know information. So I, so we both thought like to like incorporate both our cultures to make it like relatable and like funner and more interesting to like for both of us to start developing it and I think it was a good move and and in the end we like as a team we both like started learning about each other's cultures which was really really cool so. I think that was like the the best 
part of the, the process. So just like learn about each other's cultures and stuff. So I thought that was really sure. cool. Mm-hmm. So you're showing a Game Devs of Color Expo, and of course this is an opportunity for game developers of color to have their works highlighted. Do you feel like there is a significance to showing this game at this show? I think it's just really important to have your culture represented throughout any medium to feel supported. So I feel like this game being really justified because we're representing our cultures either way. So yeah, that's... Let me ask one more question. Your art style is really great. Um, it feels like it has almost this uh, water watercolor like paint esque to it. I don't. I'm not super familiar with art, so I may have totally gotten that wrong. But it has a really gorgeous style to it. What made you decide to take on this this particular art style? <laughs> um, uh, we had like like one like the more one of the obvious aesthetically uh, influenced. Uh, big influences being Studio Ghibli's, uh, especially uh, Spirit Away. We wanted to represent our cultures in a way. So my my general uh, art direction was like taking colors from uh, from Filipino paintings, but then taking that stylistic choices of Chinese paintings of water, the Chinese ink paintings, and blend that together. So that so it subtly kind of unifies uh, both cultures as the gameplay does its own thing, so the art direction would do its own thing as well, too. So for folks who are interested in learning more about The Last Stop or want to find you or your work, where would they be able to find you online? Um, we both run like a Tumblr blog, development blog for our game called thelaststop.tumblr.com. Um, it's also, our demo is also available on HIO. And we both have Twitter dwells at, at Ota the cat O-T-A O-T-A the the, the cat and my twitter is at A as we're A-Z W-O-R-T-H well thank you so much for your time and thanks for letting me play the game uh, do you have a date that you're expecting it to release or right now we're both graduated so we're kind of chilling for a bit uh, but definitely we're aiming to release chapter one by next year like but we're steadily planning out the next two chapters all right well thanks a lot i appreciate both of your time thank you thank you all right folks that does it for another edition of intelligame radio i've been your host josh boykin you can find me on twitter or facebook at wallstormer you can find more IntelliGame content at IntelliGame.us. And thanks to all the developers who were part of this first half of our series of Game Devs of Color interviews. So make sure that you check out Discord Duels, Stress Express, Final Spike, and The Last Stop. You can find those in various places on the internet. Make sure you follow IntelliGame on social media by checking out IntelliGame Us on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. And also, please make sure to check out our YouTube channel, we just put up a new video about Vampire and the Thirst for Power. It's a fantastic video. And if you enjoy the content over there, please make sure to drop a subscription on the channel. We are just this close to getting our 50 subscribers and getting our custom URL. Also, don't forget that we stream on Wednesdays from 6 to 8 p.m. Pacific time. So you can follow our channel at twitch.tv slash us. Wednesdays, Intelligame Radio has some really cool content, an interview with Tanya Khan, developer from Vivid Foundry, who's working on a game called Solace State. 
and also a recording of an improv game I played called Here's How It Happened. It's explaining how a slightly bizarre corpse ended up in an exceptionally bizarre situation. So thanks again for listening, and until Wednesday, keep IntelliGaming. Thank you.